what can be said about our society today. I know you hear that word a lot. Uh, it pretty well fits a lot of scriptures I've been reading. I know there's always been uh, sin issues in the world. Um, there's always been rebellion against God. There's been one shape or form or fashion. Seemingly ever increasing. Um, we That's not a secret. I'm, I know that you're if you observe any news at all, which doesn't have to be much, uh, you can see a lot of things taking place. Uh, I'm saying that to say this, regardless of what we see going on in, in uh, the realm of society and, and really the world, you know, we really we can only associate with what we see in our local <laughs> immediate localities and what's given to us by media, but uh, I want to stress the church is supposed to be different. And what you see uh, should be for obvious reasons. We're called by God to be servants to Him, to be pleasing to Him, to live out His uh, His Word, uh, to be what He's prescribed for us to be in the beginning. Right? Uh, people in communion with God and uh, relationship with the Lord and. Um, there's a particular term used in, in the word. It bears a lot of definition, but we're going to take a look at this. Uh, last week we talked about discretion. And uh, I'm not going to reteach that. Uh, and I advised them this might kind of be a start of a series again of particulars, uh, particular terms, particular things that. Uh, the church should apply to it and then us being members and parts of the church we should apply to ourselves there's also things that we are to stay away from that we're not to uh, find ourselves involved in or allow ourselves to become involved in and it's fact that if if we allow ourselves to become involved in something that's contrary to the teaching of God in whatever degree that is if we're not careful and if we don't make ourselves aware that it usually pulls us the opposite direction other than God. Um, the Bible speaks in various places, beginning in the Old Testament, um, about a, a particular term, and it refers to it as abominations. Abominations. Uh-huh. It takes on a different... Uh, text, a different meaning, a different uh, defining than normal sin or or even evil. Abominations are something that particularly catches God's eye big time. I mean, he, he we're going to see here in a minute, uh, and, and it's a, a greater degree, and it's not necessarily the amount of times a person might commit whatever, but it's the nature of of the particular thing itself that brings about and makes it an abomination. We, uh, as always, before we really talk about anything, we need to clarify, we need to do that by defining what it is we're talking about. <clears throat> and I'm going to do that. Again, this is uh, Wednesday night, and we uh, please feel free to uh, raise your hand, make comments. I'll ask for that periodically. 
Uh, let's keep it on the subject. That always helps when we kind of don't chase rabbits all over the field because that takes time. Uh, let's stay confined to what we're talking about. Uh, what Basically, biblically, what, what are abominations? And I invite you to attempt to answer that if you'd like. What, what in, in your thought, what in the world? That's a long word. What does that mean? It's so long nobody wants to take a stab at it. Go, okay, go ahead, Brother Wade. I'm going to explain to the kids that it's a lifestyle unacceptable to God. Good. Totally unacceptable. Yeah. And it can become exactly that, a lifestyle. Yeah. Now, as all sins and things that lead us away from God, uh, this is something that can begin very subtly, or these things we're going to talk about can begin very subtly, can creep in, and before long it's got us, and then we're not working for God working against God. And that's what abominations are. There's nothing good about them. Yeah. I'll relate further on that here in a minute. Uh, but actually the definition, and along with Brother Wayland's help there, uh, an abomination are things that are detestable, vile, shameful, sinful acts, and namely things and acts that are despised and hated by God himself. Despised and hated by God himself. And that puts it again in a different category. We all know that we're creatures of sin. We have to admit that. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. As long as we live in this flesh, we're going to have that issue as much as we can work on it and, and improve. And I urge that and I strongly urge it uh, excessively to continually improve. Do better than you did yesterday. Uh, Learn what that means and learn how to do it. You know, there's so many things that the Word tells us and teaches us. If we would but apply it, uh, it works so great and wonderful for us. And this is one of those areas. Uh, speaking as a begin of, of society, as much as we don't like to think of it being, society is a great teacher. I'm not saying great because it's wonderful and glorious. It just has a bench capability of teaching us things that we do not need to be taught and we don't need to be need to pick up on. We sure don't need to adapt to our life or lifestyle as Wayland helped out there. Uh, some examples of things that God despises, abominations, and we find it recorded so. And uh, There's some in Leviticus. There's some in Romans. There's examples throughout the Word of things that fit this particular subject that we're talking about. Uh, we could say illicit sexual activity, and that's a big one today. It's everywhere. You know, the church don't like to talk about that, but I'm gonna, you better identify your sins. If you don't, your kids are going to be caught right in the middle of them because they're not going to be taught otherwise. Right. And this is one of the things. Uh, idolatry is one. Idolatry is an abomination to God. Uh, he detested it. It's abhorring to him. And he, he finds... In the word, all throughout the word, he's always, you know, we, we are not to worship idols, whatever that idol may be. That's simply another one. Uh, gross immorality is another one. Whatever shape, form, or fashion it takes. Uh, when it becomes gross and things that people are habitually caught up in and practice and then try to entice and draw others into that becomes over and over and more and more and increasingly worse. These are abominations. Uh, Things that are completely out of God's prescribed order for the goodwill of mankind and the welfare of mankind as God meant and designed everything to be in the first place. That we know that there's one out there who tries to flip everything around and do everything absolutely contrary and, and against what God has designed to be. 
and uh, as all things the creator and the one who brings these things about that we're going to talk about tonight um, we as Christians as always have to be willing and, th and these things uh, abominations as far as I have researched and been able to find and as biblically factually uh, enforced is they don't just affect one person they affect the entire community of whatever that community may be again look at our society would anybody agree with me? There's outright abominations going on in our society today. Can you see the effect of those abominations? Do they not just appear to be, but are they growing, accelerating, intensifying as time goes on? Absolutely. We're going to change here in a minute, and we're going to take a look at something in a different way, but I'm laying this groundwork to bring us to the realization and, and, and to help us recognize um, that there's a lot of things against us as Christians. It's everywhere. Influence is everywhere. You hear me yeah. talk about influence pretty consistently. Because it's necessary that we understand this world influences us, and if we allow it to influence us to the degree that it wants to, it's going to change us into something that we don't want to be, and for sure what God doesn't want us to be. Yeah. Uh, so, um, abomination. Uh, it's interesting, it's an interesting fact that uh, there's not one time, not one instant in the Word is it anywhere found to be a positive thing. It's always negative. It's always bad. It's always harmful. It's always spiritually disintegrating. It's that effect, it's that mechanism of effect that is attempted to be generated upon mankind to draw them again away from God into that rebellious, sinful state that goes far and beyond what normal failure and fault and uh, things that people do are. Uh, so, looking at all these, the wickedness, the evil, you know, we could paint a picture here of all that and try to give you a visual look upon what we're trying to talk about and bring tonight. But uh, let's uh, look at some other scripture tonight. Get to you in a minute, but let me add this. Uh, you hear the term God's wrath. You see it a lot in Scripture. The wrath of God. God's wrath. Uh, what does He do with really terrible, sinful, wicked things going What? How does He deal with abominations? Sooner or later, He has always dealt with abominations. He will yes. deal with abominations again. I promise you he will. Yes, he will. That is scriptural. Uh, but let's look at something here uh, in uh, Solomon's writings. We, we tend to, this, this presentation in the forefront here tends to bring, oh man, that's all evil, bad, wicked, evil stuff. Man, that's terrible stuff. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. But there's some other abominations that are brought about by the word of God. Maybe we don't quite catch on. Catch on. Uh, easily or even refuse and we're going to look at that in the book of Proverbs so as you know as I mentioned Proverbs was written by Solomon 
going to take uh, out of chapter 6. Probably already identified where we're going here. Um, there's seven things that the Bible speaks of. And it says, we're just going to read it here, beginning with verse 16 of chapter 6. These six things does the Lord hate. You know, when the Word says God hates, mm-hmm. that's stout stuff. These six things that God, the Lord, hate. Now, hate, particularly there, means it's odious to Him. It's it's uh, it's again defiling. It's it's uh, beyond a lot of other things that a person could do. It, it it ranks high above that in in the order of evil or wickedness. And it's interesting here, as I said earlier, that the Bible brings a lot of things out that are physically abominations to the Lord that's actually maybe done by the individual himself, but these here relate to the influence and the effect because it's dealing, every one of these deals with how we treat other people. The community, so to speak. It's a community. <coughs> and then the, the effects of these abominations are not withheld in a, a tight container because they're so uh, expansive and so powerful if allowed to run wild that they affect everybody and the damage that they do is destruction. Yeah. And that, that's the emphasis here, I believe, in these scriptures. We're going to read them here. It says seven are an abomination unto him. We're going to break them down and we're going to look at them because again, these are things that do not belong in the church. They do not belong in a believer's life because they are things that God hates and are abominations to the Lord. Which, if we adapt such things and live in a lifestyle of such things, there is no hope here of having any relationship with God whatsoever. Because the nature here becomes evil, the nature becomes wicked, above and beyond and continues to take a person on a downward spiral. So looking at these, the first one says a proud look. Now, does that sound like an abomination or something God hates? There's a little bit of a difference in how some of the scholars see this. If you notice there, in verse 16 says, These six things does the Lord hate. Seven are about, some take it as the seventh one. Some say it's all of them. It doesn't really matter because it all fits. As we look at these and particularly identify them and break them down and see what it is the Lord's saying here. A proud look. The uh, biblical definition uh, or term, I should say, here is haughty eyes you know what haughty eyes are you, you have an air that you're above everybody else and pride is directly in the middle of that it's such an intense pride that it's controlling you 
and you elevate yourself to to higher stature, and if you if you remember, this is the thing that God maybe hates the worst is pride, uh, because it's so destructive. But when it comes to community and the effects of people that are <coughs> living this or committing this or allowing this, it's damaging and destructive. Why? Let me ask you a question. Maybe we can speak about why a little bit. A person that is of this type of nature, a haughty look and a... a uh, uh, an appearance, uh, not only an outward appearance, but an inner appearance of extreme pride, and as, as the scripture puts it, uh, a proud look. Most of the time, you can't tell that kind of person anything. They are stubborn, they're hard-headed, they're unteachable, because they've arrived at a point where, it, we've said this before, is all about them. That puts them on, in their eyes on a higher pedestal above everyone else. They're fully knowledgeable. They don't need to be taught. But, and, and at the same time, not realizing where they're basically living at. Uh, let's talk about that just a little bit. Any comments at this point? What's that mean to you? Pastor, I think all of these together will make up pride itself. I'm with you all together. There's, there's a, God, the mixture here all together is definitely. I, I, I'm with you. I think God does hate pride more than anything because every one of these is in pride. Every one of them. I've been guilty of it. I know it. That uh, is an admittance all of us, by some degree, have to admit to. Uh, now, this, again, this is involving. And intensity that has become so gross that it's absolutely caught God's attention, but it's the other end of it, it's so devastating. In all of these, and especially all of them put together, is so devastating in a community. And what's what's the church? It's a community. Community of what? Believers. Uh, Christians. Uh, now, at this point there weren't Christians because Christ hadn't come yet. But this this was the the uh, community of, of uh, Israel, uh, the Jewish nation at the time. Uh, the work of God involved. I mean, God brought them out of Egypt, uh, brought them across the wilderness, Moses led, Moses led them, and then, uh, you know, we see the, the uh, temples and the tabernacles in the wilderness, all the worship to God and all these things. Anything that's contrary to God interferes with worship of God, okay? Maybe that's what we need to say. Anything that interferes with, with, with the worship of God is, is contrary. And abomination certainly fit that bill. Uh, Tanner had something. Go ahead. I was going to say that it, not for me personally, because when we talk about abomination, we are talking about sin, but we're not. We're talking about something separate, which is separated. Mm -hmm. He said, these things I hate. Now, of course, he, he died for sin. We know that. And we know that he, did, and he did, had a total distaste for sin. And so abominations are separate from sin. Sin, that should scare us. That's scary to me. Because we have uh, our Heavenly Father has saw fit to point out um, something that he hates. 
no different that if you know if there's something that as a parent you really you know you know you tell your children to behave a certain way but then you tell them i will not tolerate this and i will not tolerate this that's what i see here it's him saying i hate all that stuff but let me tell you the stuff i don't tolerate and I just won't tolerate that's it. That's good. Wow. And, and, and to me, that's that's scary. That mm. stuff, it's like, wake up. That's some scary stuff because the father's saying, I hate it. Right. Yeah, he's drawing the line. Yeah, absolutely. And, and identify here, I mean, we're just at number one. And we've talked about all this other trashy stuff that looks so pitiful and horrific that most anybody wouldn't want to be caught doing some of these illicit things that is classified as abominations in the physical, but... People sometimes have a real problem at looking at these like, really? Is that such a big deal? It's definitely a big deal. To who? God. Yes, God first because you can't have a relationship with God and be classified within these, anywhere in these seven particular items. Uh, And that, like I said, scary, scary. Uh, anybody else? Yes. Not only that, but people that are that way, Pastor, they tear down everybody else around them. They belittle them to build themselves up even more. Mm-hmm. So it Stair is. Step. It is a yes, sir. Don't care who a, they step on. It's a cancer. Yeah. And it's just you know whether people will tell you that you've offended. It's very you know it offends a lot of people and hurts us as a community. Oh. Uh, they're constantly climbing for higher stature no matter who they got to step on no matter what they've got to do that, that, that goes a long ways no matter what they've got to do uh, it, it goes back to self all over again very good appreciate these comments let's uh, for the sake of time we've got several to go through let's look at the second one a lying tongue Don't raise your hand. Anybody here ever told a lie? That's not what this is talking about. This is a nature of having a lying, deceitful, wicked tongue. And basically unwilling to change. So what's the damage in that? Uh, Let's break it down. In the essence of the scripture, you cannot lie without your tongue. Because why? Most lying is speaking. Now, you can live a lie. You can throw a lie at somebody. You can insinuate, you know, that there are, that's possibilities. But in the context of the scripture, it's a speaking tongue. Where does the speaking come from? The heart. The mouth speaks what's in the heart. Uh, now, Again, the person looked at it and said, well, what's the big deal? Yeah, well, everybody's lied. And as I said, it becomes a lifestyle of lying. It becomes a means to navigate through life by whatever means is necessary. If it's deceiving, if it's telling lies, if it, it, it doesn't matter. It just, again, it's motivation to bring self where self wants to be or get for self what self wants. So, and as Melton said, pride is wound up in every, in every one of these, and every one of these is wound up in pride. It's a internet uh, working mechanism. It's all tangled up together, and every one of them 
are as harmful as the other, and they're extremely harmful altogether. Uh, again, we're in a community, and this, the stress here, uh, we're going to get to a point here in a minute, we'll see it, but let's, let's keep moving right now for the sake of time. Um, and uh, really, is if, if, and I, I looked at this, and I spent some time uh, looking at different things associated with this, and uh, we're accountable for every word we speak. And God's still going to judge us for every word we speak. What is it about lies that can be so destructive? Say that louder for everybody to hear you. Well, why, when you talk about it, it more people get involved, or something gets involved without it. And that usually the case, more people get involved, you know, it keeps spreading and getting get bigger, bigger, and, and then more damage gets done, and more destruction takes place, and uh, very hard to put out, it's like a fire. Um, the uh, what I, I see in this in a big way, and uh, their scripture supports it, uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. You can kill somebody with your tongue or you can help somebody with your tongue. Uh, you can be uplifting or you can be discouraging or whatever. Uh, but, but the term here, lying tongue, is uh, James in uh, chapter 3 of James. I know he said the uh, tongue was... Uh, unruly evil, full of deadly poison. And uh, if we really take these things into consideration, each one of them, and as always, in most anything that on these particular Wednesday nights that we talk about and try to bring out and define and get out every, everything on the table individually and personally, uh, if we allow ourselves more than allow ourselves put ourselves to work uh, abstaining uh, rejecting uh, reproving and this is where I think uh, to prevent such is where we really need to be able to approach each other if we see issues uh, instead of letting things go and letting things go and then before long there's some kind of mass issue and then it's really hard to contain. Uh, if you read the preceding, this this was about uh, trying to get something contained and, and reveal to people and make them recognize what the real problems are that's going on with you. And I'm not saying you, but biblically, scripturally here, that's what's taking place. So he's come to a point here, he's laying this out. This is the things that really upset God. These are the things that really get his eye and he absolutely hates and, and uh, that are abominations to him. Anybody else? Okay. I know we're going through them pretty fast, but you can, I see some of you writing. Um, hands that shed innocent blood. Now we know that it's a sin to murder someone, right? Mm -hmm. 
Well, there's more ways to murder someone other than your hands. Um, and that's implied here as well. Hands, again, are instruments of action. It, hands biblically represent what can be done with. But it's not confined to hands. Uh, we'll see here in a minute that killing people's effectiveness, killing their popularity for attempting to. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, people are going to be popular. There's people a whole lot more popular than I am, and I'm not, I don't consider myself popular, but we've got to be okay with that. You know what? But I'm going to tell you what this is talking about. People that are so destructive-minded and they can't stand it and they're so envious that they're always trying to take other people down for some weird way to make themselves look better to advance or to achieve what it is they're after. There's always a means behind this particular one. There's, all, there's always uh, something that's brought this about that someone is trying to arrive at. Uh, and notice the word innocent that shed innocent blood. There's a justification for some things, uh, even biblically. I mean, there's a justification for murder, right? They're caught and they're punished, right? Uh, but when innocent or when the person is innocent and has done nothing wrong, this is a whole different classification than just a normal... And catch this too, because I caught it. It doesn't, all, it doesn't say that's always a death involved. It says innocent blood is shed. Wounds, gouges, cuts, slashes, stomps, kicks. Now, I'm not talking physical either. I'm talking spiritual. Those are damaging. Those are destructive. Uh, Rick, did you have your hand up? Character assassination is pretty That's bad. good. There you go. And it can be done, can it? Yes, sir. All falsely with a... Remember the previous, the lying tongue, the proud thing. See, all these advance, and again, all of them are intertwined. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit since he brought it up. Everybody's got character, right? <laughs> What's an assassination? Killing. It's a planned killing. It's planned out to be carried out, to be successful, and it's arranged. And you'd be amazed at what all goes into that. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's that perfect moment. Sometimes it's that opportunity I've been waiting on. A lot of things. Um, with the underlying in, in a lot of this, or at least some of you see strategy. Uh, the planning out to harm or kill someone else's character How would I say it? Is uh, more violent than violent. Say that more violent than violent. And we we've seen some really violent things take place in our world the last few years. Amen. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we neglect all that because it's terrible and horrific as it is. Uh, but to 
have a nature of destroying others regardless just just because a lot of times you ever heard that term just because they did it just because just because I wanted to just because see what's in here comes out in the hands what's in here comes out in the actions that's why it's so necessary that we try our best to take care of what's in here to get this thing fixed if there's things that don't need to be in there we need to start working on it we need to be working on it effectively we need to be being delivered, asking God to deliver us. Don't let us wind up in an abomination territory. Amen. Well, is that possible for a Christian, really? Well, absolutely it is. It happens probably more than we'd like to think. Uh, don't ever think that you're immune, that it can't happen to you. The reason, again, why we need to stay close to God. That all attempts stay close to God. That That's a huge prevention Uh Sure beats drifting off into church or where we'll get wound up in things as we're discussing tonight. Any comments? Nothing. Oh. Kind of run down for a good example is looking at our government nowadays. They're always tearing somebody down. You don't ever hear the good that somebody can do, but you always hear the bad about whatever the opponent or whoever's in line there is, you know, they're bad. You, know, yep. you don't ever hear the good of nobody, even themselves. And if you think about that in itself, that's about as high elevated as it can get earthly. When governments become abominations. Yeah. Yeah. When, folks, we might as well face the truth. I'm not going to skirt around the bush. It, it's obvious. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely obvious. When evil and wickedness and abominations, listen to me, when abominations are condoned, supported, legislative attempts, uh, funded, Fought for, there's full <clears throat> abomination in effect. Yep. Um, so that's uh, that should tell us something. And that that's you know that's not just the U.S. That's global. Uh, this this stuff is just it's out, it's out of control. Yep. I think we're seeing a society of abominations. Really, is what I, I really believe that's what we're seeing. It, it's just at that level. Go ahead. That, that, that exactly is the very thing that happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. It is the legislation of having beds in yeah. open eyesight. Just fix it all up for them to do more. For the raping yeah. Of, yeah. of the people of the town. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. It, the legislation is like the final straw when mm -hmm. the government starts legislating and passing laws that are abominable. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. So, <clears throat> on this character assassination, that. That it's not just you. It's you involve so many people. That's the means of it. So many people. Yeah. Never one. Involved. Don't be sad. No, no, we can't just have one damage. We've got to have multiple damage. Right. That's the effect of it. It's the intent of it. Today, All these things. Today on, on the television, I saw where the UN has been caught uh, doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And a thought came to me that, you know, before the end of time, I believe we're going to get uncovered things that have been going on, yes. we're, we're going to know if God's going to show them this. They're being exposed. But by a great degree at the same time, have you noticed there's not really a whole lot being done about it? It's just kind of allowed to run rampant. You know, uh, no consequences, so to speak. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that in the end times, good will be evil and evil will be good. That's right. Um, 
I don't know how many of you saw it, but the two policemen in New York City that the five got down, kicked, beat, and stomped. Uh, they were apprehended, but you know what happened? This is another thing, and some people in group, I'm just going to tell you the, the facts here. Uh, New York now has a, uh, a bondless arrest. It don't matter what you've done, you're not contained, you're, you're not incarcerated, you just walk. And so many of these are going right back out and committing more violence and more violence and more. See how abominations work? Yeah. It just becomes a, a societal thing. And the expanse of it becomes uncontainable. That's a huge reason why here in the scripture he's trying to get them advised and understand, listen, God doesn't put up with this stuff. The, right. the things you're doing, it, God is not going to honor that for sure and he's not going to put up with it and his wrath is going to be invoked. So I'm trying to tell you ahead of time. This is the things you need to be aware of. Uh, this is good. We kind of got charged up there for a minute. Uh, did she finish, Rick? Yes, sir. Okay. Anybody else? I'm just going to make that one little comment. You know, where, you know, they get, a lot of it's in politicians and some of it's in the common people, but it's where they never lie. They just stretch the truth a little to get the point across. Yeah. You know, that's kind well, of. Well, that's all just in the box of deceit. Whatever means it takes. If you can deceive people and make them believe it, then you, you've uh, prospered in your yeah. attempt. You're just stretching yeah. the and there's a tremendous amount of that going on. Oh, my goodness. It's just amazing. The deceit in the atmosphere. Uh, which deceit is what? Lying. Uh, if you think about it, really, the technology today to advance rapidly by volume, misinformation. Oh, that's the new one. Misinformation. Yeah. It's a lie. Let's call it what it is. Uh, but the, the atmosphere is saturated with it. Look, look at the volume and the intensity that a lie can be cast now and broadcast. It can be around the world in, what, 30 seconds or less? However long it takes. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. That brings up that new AI stuff. It's really, really bad. Deceitful. It's been deceiving a lot of people here lately. Now their fear of, they're using it for devious means. Yep. And they are, but it's going to increase. Yeah. We've been talking about some of that. It's You talk about scary. That stuff is beyond. Uh, wow. Anybody else? I'm sure I think one word can sum up a lot of things going on in this society. Brainwashing. That's why it's so normal. And people don't react like you should. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to bring any glory to it, but there's one major thing that happened and everybody thought it was fine. And it has to do with shedding innocent blood. There were 60 million innocent people. And everybody thought it was great. Well, when it got turned, everybody wanted to jump against it because it became the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, just like Rick talked well, about the UN stuff. It, it, it's been normal for so long We've been brainwashed that, that that's just the way it's supposed to be. We gotta say people because it's people. I mean this is not some force that this is talking this is people. I'm just trying to remain calm because they get well, fired up about pe it. People that are of abomination do nothing but create more abomination. And it's just that's their nature, that's their drive. 
And that's again, that's what we're seeing so much of trying to bring about the knowledge and understanding that the church has got to absolutely resist this. Yes. We cannot allow it. And, and it's them, this slight degree stuff, just allow a little bit, then allow a little bit more, and that's okay, and before long, what have you got? Right. Abominations started off with something small. Uh-huh. And then it become worse, and worse and worse. And now, go ahead. Oh, I, was, I was just wanting to say, um, when it comes to the hands that shed innocent blood, we've been talking about the name, but I want to make sure that we're all clear that I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. If you believe, if you believe in Christ and you're going to follow Him, you cannot accept abortion on any Absolutely. platform, Amen. on Amen. any wording, no matter Amen. what. The church has got to stay away from that. Amen. That. Maybe unseen, that is terrible. But included in that is idol worship yes. because it's child sacrifice. Yes, it is. If you're not a child of God, you're a child of who? Satan. The devil. That's scriptural. If you're a child of the devil, you're going to offer sacrifice to the devil. And there's a great argument in this uh, murder's murder. Uh, and again there's going to be a reckoning uh, wrath is going to be poured out one day and the Lord help uh, it's going to be a, a terrible time um, let's go to the next one where these comments are good discussion is great tonight and a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations hmm a heart, what's devise? What do you do when you devise something? Put something together. Arrange it. You arrange it, put it together, a schematic. You know, uh, for, for what What reason? Is it just haphazard, just to fabricate something for no reason? No, it always has a reason. It's always got a goal to reach. It's always got something that's got to be performed. Uh, remember, God's a searcher of hearts. He sees everything going on in heart, good or bad. Uh, nothing's hid. Uh, but this is something that uh, we can really dig into and take a look at because it involves so much, this very thing. Uh, what if that's against a person? What if you're planning and arranging and scheming against a person in the imagination of your heart? And you, what? That's pretty much what all this is about is how we treat other people. Mm -hmm. And then it's volumes of people because it becomes effectual to everyone. It, it becomes the whole community. It affects the whole community. So how does that even come about? What causes this to come about? The one we just, I just shared with you. Heart that devises wicked imagination. Go ahead, Rick. Well, I'll just use myself for an example. Uh, a long time ago. <laughs> Not now. But uh, somebody could do something to me and I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you back. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have sat around and thought about what I was going to do and plan and how I was going to do it and plan it mm -hmm. and then carry it out. Mm -hmm. Most times they didn't know what hit them. Yeah. <laughs> but, and think about that on a, a more expansive uh, Thank God for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Oh. And we could all probably tell some kind of past account. But, 
And, and you know, a lot of this, and I've heard a lot of it right here lately, is uh, just like he said, used to be back in the past, but no more. Uh, and we're not bringing our past back up to shake and, and celebrate, uh, but we need to testify of what used to be and what is now. And I'm Amen. talking to the Lord what the Lord has done. Right. And that's exactly what I'm seeing. And God has delivered me from that. Go ahead. A changed heart, which changed is, heart. is the thing that God has showed me more about myself today. Than I mean, I don't do them things no more, but I can't explain why I don't, mm -hmm. except for the fact that he has changed my heart. Amen. In Amen. the way I do things. Yeah. Yes, and the way I talk. Creation. Change anybody else's heart here? Amen. Hallelujah. Man. Very good. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, Feet that be swift and running to mischief. Oh boy. Let's go. Let's get in the middle of this thing. What is that? Feet. Remember, we saw hands a while ago, didn't we? Now we see feet. We saw tongue. We see hands. Now we see feet. That's action pieces of us, right? Uh, so what, what's he talking about? What's mischief? When I hear that, I think of the, the riots and stuff that's going on and how there's always a crowd of people that have to go. Have to it, go. It's none of their business. And then more have to go. And, more. and then what usually happens? Calamities. Yeah, they don't even know why they're there. There's no good results. That's a good good example. And we've seen, I mean, our, our nation was almost tore to shreds. You mean to tell you what over? Where we a lie. That's been proven to be a lie. And all this occurred because of it. Really? I could share that with you. I don't have time. Uh, but that's also being tried to be hushed because it's not politically correct. Uh, I mean, it's just damage, damage, damage. Abominations are damage and destruction. And there's no end to it if allowed to run rampant. Uh, Okay, uh, feet that run to mischief, uh, always ready to get involved in something sinful or uh, chew somebody up, spit them out, or even watch it, watch somebody else do it. Uh, that's kind of attraction too. I don't have to be the one doing it. I'll just stand off and watch. You know God don't like that either? Yeah. While somebody's being absolutely beat to death, just be sure you get the video before you can go show that that evil yeah just it's just it's it's an embroiling uh so embroiled all these things are so embroiled with it that it just changes the person to the core that's what these abominations are and then it becomes so destructive to others around them and as we've seen it recently on on high volumes and high and a large scale uh, the ones it's talking about here uh they uh, I think you'd call it a counterparts. It's a good word. You know what a counterpart is? That's a person that aids you in whatever you're doing. These kind of people 
sometimes join in groups. Uh, as I guess you could say about all these scriptures, really. Um, trying to think of a word and I can't think of it. Congregate. Congregate. We congregate, don't we? We're a congregation, right? People congregate. People of abomination congregate too. They love the company. Why? What does that do for them? It weirdly further enhances what they're doing because they're getting support and they're getting, getting energy and it just keeps and keeps and keeps evolving. That's the danger of it. And then when things come unwound, it's just uncontainable. These look like just little small things that don't mean like a whole lot of nothing at all. But again, we've got to understand who it is who sees these as abomination and what that can become and how destructive that can become. Uh, moving on. A false witness that speaketh lies. Now, we talked about a lying tongue, a false witness that speaketh lies. In a big way, this is actually talking, and you probably heard this, of perjury. You lie to damage somebody else. Uh, liable. Slander. Uh, but I found it also has a very interesting meaning as well, and I don't want to share that with you. Uh, it really goes far beyond perjury, as I mentioned. Uh, it implies one who does not make truthful confession to God. Isn't that interesting? Because if you take a court of law and a witness stand, there's confessions to crimes that people commit. And any judge wants to hear himself every detail of what that person did. That's called a confession before the court. If you're going to confess to the crime, he wants to hear all about it. It all goes on record because he wants to hear you say what it is you did. Because legally, he can't bind your plea until you tell him yourself. Who do we go to? God, don't we? So, in essence, you're perjuring yourself in the court of God. Now, that's as dumb and stupid a thing as I can ever... But that's, that means a lot, you know. How many people do that every day? False confession. Uh, does that make sense? You get it? We're to be honest before God, right? As bad as it is, He can't help you until you tell Him what you've done. Amen. People blanket their sins. Forgive me of all of them, Lord. Right. <laughs> There's some, and I know we forget. I mean, my goodness, nobody can remember all the sins they've ever committed when they come to the Lord. But big ones? Huge ones. This, hey, listen, we need to tell God. This is He knows. But He wants to hear it from us, right? He's the judge. But guess what? It's not like that judge sitting on an earthly bench that's going to send you somewhere. When you confess to God in genuineness and sincerity in your heart, He's going to forgive you. Amen. Amen. Now that's a huge difference. So why does there need to be lying to Him or faking Him out? And confess this this really this struck me when when I, I come on to this. Uh this would be true. Let your confessions be real. Goes a long ways. Longer than we would think. You might know. Any thoughts? 
Do you think there's a good reason why they put pride in the very first thing? I mean, you can take pride and just about apply it to everything that we talked about because it's it's all in it it's, like it's ingredient this is all ingredients to that because mm -hmm. again pride i said nobody can tell them anything they're not going to accept even the the most brightest most wise solomon they're just not going to get it they're not going to accept it not going to take it keep doing what they're doing um wow okay we're going to close up here we're just right right on time uh Oh, number seven. Now, if you understand some of the scholars thinking on verse 16 to mean that the first six are what God hates and the seventh is an absolute abomination to him, this is gets deeply interesting. Because this is what it says. And he that soweth discord among brethren well, what's the big deal on that? That's an abomination? Yeah. To mm. talk about my brothers and sisters yeah, and run them down and stir sure up trouble? And, that's an abomination, really? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Sure not love it. Go ahead. Is he talking about a Christian here on this one? I mean, he's, he's talking, talking to brethren. the Israelites. Yeah. That was the church of the... that Compared that... Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, now there were no Christians at that point because Jesus hadn't come yet. But Israel is compared to the church of today, ancient Israel to the church of today, even though it's Judeo-Christian. That's right. The beliefs of Judaism, but also the, the Christians. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I, I may have forgot earlier, but that's why I was trying to stress. Don't think you're immune from anything. <laughs> Don't think this can happen to you. If you get off too, in treacherous territory too far, you're going to get snared up and snatched. And again, this society is no friend of us. It's always compelling, pushing, forcing, uh, or in the least tempting to join it. But the church is not to be so. And that's kind of pretty much in, in seven limitations here what's being said. Stay away from this stuff. Don't find yourself enjoined to this stuff. Uh, this can become worse than what you might have thought it could be in the beginning. And this is a big one right here, and this is a, a lesson to any church, any community. If there's division in the midst, there's all kinds of chaos. Uh, let's talk about that as we close up here. Any thoughts on it? We had one. Anyone else? Yes. That's what causes a lot of church to divide and break away, and that does a lot of damage not only to the church but to the communities, to other people and everything. So I think... Well, that's why God sees it as an abomination because of the destruction total devastation I'm going to tell you a little fire can, a little spark can create a big, right big fire um, and you know this is something right here that I know the tendency to kind of push it off to the side well I should be able to say what I want to say the first amendment protects that I got freedom of speech look at, <laughs> look at what that's caused us <laughs> They're, no, they're, they're using that as a crutch to do what they want to do. Yes. And look at the devastation that's been created. Uh, it's, we could kind of say it's kind of the same way here. You know, God's not, God's not going to take excuses. No. Are we going to be judged by? Not excuses. 
Word. Word. And I don't know how it's going to go. I've heard you say, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's like God's going to say, you knew better. Yes. You knew better. I don't know how fast judgment's going to take place, but, you know, it's it's going to be judgment regardless. And we're going to be judged by all these things. Let's move on. I'm running a little bit late. Uh, in this, uh, when you sow something, what are you doing? Well, that's stitching, sowing, S-O-W, I'm sorry, I should have said. You're throwing seeds out. What seeds do? They reproduce. They reproduce. How much do they reproduce? You, you plant one seed, it creates a bush or a plant or a tree. How many seeds does that bush create? And then how many, how many does, can you see how, how the volume increases so rapidly? Same way it is with those that sow discord. What is discord? tell you here. I'm going to get through this. We're going to stay here till we get this one. Uh, it's uh, biblically and, and researched uh, with definition, it's stirring up to create conflict. Stirring up to create conflict. What's conflict? Causes what? Division. Causes coming apart. It causes uh, lack of harmony. Uh, unity is, is disintegrated. Uh, and, and if you think about it in the, in the realm of religion or in the, the Christian realm, and even in the realm of a particular individual church, you know, you got troublemaker that wants to stir up things and then get everybody that they can involved in it. I'm, I'm not afraid to teach this stuff, folks. It's something we need to know. Then it becomes damaging. It becomes destructive. That's why it's so essential that we don't accept just because somebody comes up that wants to complain about this one or that one to try to get something started, probably 90% of the time you need to shut them down. Yeah. Say, hold on. If you've got a problem with that individual, you need to go to that individual. Don't be telling me about it. And that's anywhere in any aspect of life. Oh, yeah. I see that all the time. You said it a while ago. Run them down, run them down, run them down. Get everybody involved, run them. And look what it's doing to our nation. It's destroying it. Yeah. And we're working for God church is the institution of God on earth. Amen. So, again, this is the last one. Um, in the end, everything we talked about, pride involved, all this leads to envy and strife. And then you've got a broiling pot of mess. Uh, and, and probably irrecoverable, but at some point God's going to say enough's enough. Um, again, I want to stress this here and all through this, uh, everything we've talked about is involving other people damaging other people because all of this does damage others. Uh, the remedy is heartfelt confession to God, and I'm going to tell you something else. If you have damaged people and you know you've damaged people and you've done it intentionally and you've done it purposefully, you need to show your face up to that person and you need to ask forgiveness. Amen. Yep. That's remedy. Until you, If you've done damage, don't you think your blanket deal is going to take care of the issue? You got to be big enough man or big enough woman to do that. Really? Can't we just let it go and it'll kind of fade out as time goes on? No, it's not going to fade out. It's not going to go away. And there's something in that. If you genuinely ask forgiveness and a person genuinely receives it, you can have the greatest relationship better than what you ever thought with that person because you've been honest. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. 
I couldn't go back to uh, making amends to these people. I've talked to you some about making amends to people, but I couldn't go back to them until I felt the forgiveness in my own heart. I just, I couldn't go back uh, and make things right until God forgave me for those things. And then I was thinking different and I could go back. And but, okay, but what happened when you did go back? <laughs> it worked out pretty good. Maybe not all of them. But I mean, I, th I see it as a two-part thing, and that's what I'm trying to stress. Yeah. You go to God, but you go to, you go back to these people you've damaged. It's like if I come up and stick a knife in your chest, and you happen to live, and I walk off. Well, forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry about that, but I don't worry about you none. Yeah. There's a huge amount in exactly what I'm saying, and I think the church suffers because it lets so much go. Uh, do things to people, hurt this one, hurt that one, and you never try to fix it at all. And uh, I mean, it, I'm just being honest. You're welcome to disagree. Any other thoughts before we close up here? Let me give you this. All these things we talked about, if God hates pride or haughty eyes, so to speak, uh, what's the opposite of that? Meekness. Meekness, humility. Okay, see. Um, a lying tongue. Truth. Truth. Be truthful. Be honest. Uh, hands that shed innocent blood. How about defend the innocent? Yeah. Instead of being part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, devising wicked schemes. Work to develop love and virtue. You should see you work opposite instead of the negative, you work the positive. Uh, Feet run into evil, run towards goodness. Well, evil's more fun to run to, no? Some have that idea, but run towards goodness. Uh, false witness, yeah, be truthful. Last one, uh, those that sow discord, sow unity and peace in the place of. And I think, uh, again, by what we're seeing today, we've got a our society is a terrible model, and it always has been, but it's it's growing worse, and the intensity is increasing, and that it also increases the influence. So I think it's just more necessary that we pound this and just please understand we cannot allow ourselves to be in, take it over by this. It's just uh, it's powerful and all this. Uh, anybody else before we close? We'll past a few minutes here, or we'll few minutes past. Uh, thank you for the comments. Uh, mark these. Go feed on them a little bit. Look them over. Uh, not nothing you haven't seen before. We have covered this territory before, but I just felt inspired to again tonight share that and uh, maybe kind of enforce and never can tell what one word may do in one person. You just never know. Y'all would, we'll stand and dismiss. And, uh, Plans on for 14th? Yes, sir. Okay. Valentine's is on the 14th. That's a Wednesday night this year. So we're going to have a, what would you call it, a celebration or a banquet? Banquet, yeah. Kind of has some fun. So be prepared for that. And uh, Cam and I think Misty or y'all feel free to bail in there. And, and uh, we're going to have a great time. So that's just, what, a couple weeks away now, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Okay. All right. Great to see y'all. Everybody. Brother Wayland, see you next week.
<laughs> Lord God, we just thank you for your blessings in our life, Lord God. And we just thank you for direction, Lord God, and guidance that, that you taught us here tonight, Lord God. Just show us your will in each and every one of our lives. Lead us, guide us, protect us, keep us safe as we go our way. Lord God, but just show us how to be a mouthpiece for you, Lord God. Mm -hmm. And just to spread your love as we're out there in this world. Yes, thank Lord. you for this chance yes. to be here. Amen. 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 Amen.